uh, welcome to General Conference Conversations, the podcast where we have conversations about General Conference. I'm your host, Kaylin, and I'm super excited to be here with you studying the words of our living prophets, apostles, and chosen leaders. I've loved listening to podcasts about Come Follow Me, and I saw a need for a podcast centered around the General Conference talks. Um, I'm not a scholar, I'm not an expert, I'm a 20-something who just simply adores the gospel. The things I discuss are my opinions. Um, As one of my favorite podcasts, At Last She Said It, often says, your mileage may vary. In addition to my connections and thoughts, I will include a list of questions at the end of every episode as a place to start with your own deeper study of each talk. And I hope this podcast will be a jumping off point as you apply these principles to your life. In that spirit, I invite you to read and study today's talk before listening to this episode. Listen for what the Lord is saying to you personally. Then come join me for a beautiful discussion together. Hello, hello. We're back. I know it's a few days late. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know if I need to explain every time I'm a couple days late with an episode, but I feel like I do, so... We were camping this weekend, and so we got back on on Tuesday, like noon, and so it's been a crazy couple of days getting unpacked and like laundry and all that jazz. So, but I'm here, and um, I'm excited about the talk today. Um, we're still in the women's session, and we're talking about Sister Craven's talk, "Do What Mattereth Most." So, of course, I always encourage you guys to listen to the talk or read the talk before you listen to the episode. Um, so, I'm going to do that again. I invite you to do that. But I'm going to jump right in. Um, she starts with a really great story that kind of sets the tone for the rest of her talk. And I, I actually quoted this story in a talk I gave in sacrament meeting a few weeks ago because I loved it so much. She says, Not long ago, a dear friend had an impression to visit a woman in her ward. She brushed off the prompting because she hardly knew her. It just didn't make sense. But since the thought kept coming to her, she decided to act on the prompting. Because she was already feeling uncomfortable about the impending visit, she determined that taking something to the sister would help ease her anxiety. Certainly, she couldn't go empty-handed. So she bought a container of ice cream, and off she went to begin what she worried might be an awkward visit. She knocked on the woman's door, and shortly the sister had answered. My friend handed her the ice cream in a brown paper bag, and the conversation began. It didn't take long for my friend to realize why the visit was needed. As they sat together on the front porch, the woman unveiled a host of challenges she was facing. After an hour of talking in the warm summer weather, my friend noticed the ice cream melting through the brown paper bag. She exclaimed, I'm so sorry that your ice cream melted. The woman sweetly responded, it's okay, I'm lactose intolerant. And she kind of goes, she uses this throughout the talk of like, you know, what was more important, the ice cream or the conversation, right? The ice cream or the fact that my friend actually went over and listened. Um, And I really love, I really enjoyed this story because it's going to sound weird. It doesn't have like an overtly gospel overtone right? Obviously, like, she did get the prompting, but it wasn't like it was her ministering sister or, um, like, something like that, and, and 
in the story we don't know if it talked about the gospel we don't know i mean very well could have um but she doesn't explicitly say that <clears throat> and you know it was just a very lovely visit that this woman needed someone to listen and to be there and it didn't matter that she was lactose intolerant and then she brought ice cream and then it melted because she got to talk to someone and she felt like loved and seen and I love right after this um, story she says being a disciple of Jesus Christ involves more than just hoping or believing it calls for effort movement and commitment it requires that we do something being doers of the word and not hearers only in the case of the melted ice cream, what mattered most? The ice cream or that my friend friend simply did something? I know I've talked about this in past episodes. of, And we just talked about this with... Was it Other Cooks? Yes, Other Cooks Talk. Um, that our good deeds and our like actions change because of our conversion to the Lord they follow our faith that as we have faith in Christ um, we're led to do things because we want to be more like him or you know we see his love and his atonement in our lives and we want to share it with people whatever that may look like even if it is just going and sitting and listening to somebody right or smiling smiling at someone on the street or um anything right like and it could be I feel prompted to give you this book of Mormon (laughs) or I feel prompted to invite you to church but it could just be I'm can do you want to come over and have dinner with us and just be in our home and like spend time with us and um and I think it can go we take sometimes we take actions so literally that we it starts to become a pride thing this is kind of off topic but it came to my mind so i'm gonna say it that oh like we're doing more than this person so we must be more faithful or we're doing you know this and they're not so we must be listening to promptings and they're not and i don't think that's true (laughs) like our actions don't make us better than other people, but they do show our personal commitment to Jesus. Jesus Christ commanded us to love. He loved. He set the perfect example of loving. And I lost my train of thought. And so, like, that's the it's it's sure we can set an example of like loving people but like we shouldn't judge others or no we shouldn't judge ourselves um because oh this person's doing all of this stuff and i'm not doing anything that must mean i'm not being faithful enough and i also don't think that's true which i think brings me to my next quote um i believe It's a little bit later, but this does go off of this. So she talks about 
This isn't that true with anything we want to learn or know. I invited my new friend to start doing the gospel of Jesus Christ, praying, studying, serving others, and trusting the Lord. Conversion doesn't won't come while doing nothing. It comes to the power of the Holy Ghost as we intentionally make an effort to know by asking, seeking, and knocking. It comes by doing. And I like the things that she says, but like, and also, there are other things, right? Also, those three things or four things that she said will look different for everybody like my praying will look different than even like my husband or my best friend or my bishop studying looks different like the way I study and the way my husband studies very different serving others looks very different because we all have our different um like uh, talents and abilities right like me serving in one place might make absolutely no sense because you know I'm not a carpenter or you know I'm not good at construction but I can serve by sewing a blanket or I can serve by you know going helping with yard work um or clearing you know I did that a lot on my mission we would go and like clear garbage and we'd throw it all in dumpster right like I can do that but if somebody has, like, a specific skill or, like, they're really good at electricity, like, they're an electrician and they serve somebody in their ward or somebody, like, a neighbor who's having electrical issues, and they're like, yeah, I can come look at it. Like, that, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I'd electrocute myself and probably, like, burn their house down. Um, and trusting in the Lord is also going to look different for everybody. You know, some people trust, oh, I'm going to trust in the Lord and I'm going to move to this new state. And, you know, start up my life because that's what I feel prompted to do. That would stress me the heck out. And, like, obviously if I got a prompting to do that, maybe I, I, I'd probably fight a little bit, honestly, and be like, mm, no. But <clears throat> I guess I've done that, so I can't really say that. <laughs> we recently did that. But for some people, trusting the Lord means, like, just waiting and waiting because they're not getting an answer yet and they're trusting that eventually they will get an answer and so that's my kind of first question is what are other, what are some other ways to do the gospel like what does praying look like to you what does studying look like to you what does serving look like to you what other ways do you do the gospel in your life because you might not realize that you are doing the gospel like i listen to uh, gospel like church podcasts um and honestly sometimes that is my studying because I'm crazy busy and I I it like stresses me out to sit down and read the scriptures because I feel like I could be doing other things which I know is bonkers and I could definitely you know spare 15 minutes to read a couple of chapters but but I can put an earbud in and I can listen to heard podcasts for hours and hours and hours while I'm cleaning or while I'm working or whatever and um that works for me and sometimes you know I do read my scriptures but sometimes I just listen to podcasts or like preparing for this podcast is my study for today I read two talks today because I'm recording both of my episodes for this week today and so um that's going to be my, my study today, is just reading two of these talks and recording these episodes. And so I think there's a lot of ways that we can do the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? Even just the story that she told at the beginning of taking ice cream to somebody and just talking to them. 
right? Like, really making time for the people in your life, even it's just, like, my husband sitting down and just talking to him for, like, an hour instead of, like, being on my phone or whatever, like, actually spending quality time. Because what would Jesus do? He would spend quality time. So that's the question I want you to ask yourself. What are some other ways to do the gospel? What do you already do in your life to do the gospel? Um, and what are some ways, you know, other ways that you could brainstorm that might, like, be like, oh, I, I never thought I could, I, I never thought of that being the gospel, or, like, doing the gospel, you know. I, I never thought of that as studying, or I never thought of that as serving, or whatever that maybe you could um, start implementing if you want to. Um, and then, so that goes leads, leads to my next one. It says, quote, she says, Satan would love nothing more than for us to misplace our eternal values, leading us to waste precious time, talents, or spiritual strength on things that matter not. I invite each of us to prayerfully consider those things that distract us from doing what mattereth most. I'm going to ask you, what mattereth most to you? And how do you seek revelation on what mattereth most? Kind of going off the last question, right? That it's going to look different for everyone. Like, what mattereth most to, obviously. Okay. Back up. There are eternal things that mattereth most, right? <laughs> Loving your neighbors loving God, like, our families, and there are eternal principles that are always going to matter the most, right? But there are going to be some, some things that I feel like I've done that people have been like, well, that's, that doesn't matter, or that doesn't matter as much, and I'm like, but it does to me, right? Like, I for example, I was prompted to start a calligraphy business. It was very random, but um, I learned calligraphy on my mission, and I love it. It keeps me, cal- helps me calm down. It's very like soothing and relaxing, and I decided to make a business out of it, and. Um, like that matters a lot to me because obviously that's how I'm I'm not really making money off of it it's kind of for fun but like I can make money off of it it is a way for me to also like share my testimony I made general conference stickers in April and like there's just it matters to me and that might not be like oh well that that doesn't matter at most like, but it, it does to me. Like, that is something that matters a lot to me. And some people might say, oh, that mattereth not, right? Or whatever. But there might be something in your life that, you're, that there, people are like, mm, that doesn't really matter. And you're like, but it does. Like, it matters for my mental health. Or it matters for my family that we get this done or that we do this, this specific thing. And so I want to ask what mattereth most to you. And because it is probably going to look different than other people. And I've talked about this with, like, people in my life who have just very different life stories than I do and different um, things that they value. Um, 
that we've talked about that have like my life's gonna look different than yours just because you know my husband and I have different goals we have different dreams um than you do and not that's not a bad thing like I'm grateful that you have the life that you love and the life that you worked for and like that's great and you know we want to have the life that we love and that we work for right and so it is going to look a little bit different but so this quote kind of bugged me but i'll get to this a high school student recently told me that it has become popular among some youth of the church to disregard the commandments with a calculated plan to repent later it's sort of a badge of honor i was told Certainly the Lord will continue to forgive those who humbly repent with real intent. But the Savior's merciful atonement should never be used in such a mocking way. We know the parable of one lost sheep. Of course the shepherd will leave the other 99 sheep to find the one who has strayed. But can you imagine the joy that those who chose to be the 99 bring to the good shepherd? The ones who stick together and help each other live their covenants. And while I agree that the Savior's atonement should not be used in a mocking way... Um, the 99 thing kind of bugs me because that whole story is that if you stray the saver will come after you and I'm sure that all of the 99 at some point had been the one and the saver had to go one by one for all of them and leaving the 99 to go find the one and I'm sure it's different every time and I just have this thing that, like, I feel like we're like, oh, we shouldn't be the one. We shouldn't be the one that strays. Like, we're all going to be the one that strays sometimes. And maybe these youth don't understand the atonement. They don't, maybe they do, and maybe they do, and they're mocking it. But I feel like a more, um, more realistically, they just don't understand the atonement. Um... And so, you know, they're, they're trying to find a way around the, their youth, right? <laughs> like, I don't say that to be, like, be denigrating, but, like, they're still figuring out their lives. They're st- and we're all figuring out our lives, right? But they're in that state of, like, I remember what it was like to be a youth. It wasn't that long ago for me. It was, like, ten years ago. And, You know, the commandments and the standards of the church seem very, very um, tight and restricting when, you know, not even like I didn't have any inclination to drink because I just didn't want to or smoke or drugs or anything like that. But even just like wearing a bikini or, you know, obviously you're not going to go to hell (laughs) if you wear a bikini, you're not going to get kicked out of the church, right? You're not going to get excommunicated. But sometimes that's how it's taught. Sometimes that's um, how it comes across, is that if you wear a bikini, then that means you're obviously, like, inactive leaving the church. And I don't know if that's the standards, obviously, <laughs> like the commandments that they're talking about. I mean, I'm sure that, that there's probably more that are, like, more serious. Um... I don't think the youth are going out and killing people. (laughs) Hopefully not. But. But like that it's okay. I don't know. I like got really off my topic right there. 
oh, like, but as a youth, sometimes I felt those very, were very constricting, and so they're probably trying to find a way around them, and being like, oh, well, I'll just repent later for it, and that shows to me, at least, that they don't really truly understand the atonement, and they don't really truly understand why we have the commandments, and why we have the standards in the first place, and that you're not going to get excommunicated if you wear a bikini, or if you, you know, stray, and be the one that's straying, like, with the, that you're loved, and that you're, like, no matter what you do, you can always repent, um, but you shouldn't be trying to on purpose with the intent of, like, repenting later, right, like, it just, it, it feels like a disconnect to me, not like a, <clears throat> a purposeful mocking, and it might be, I don't know what's going on in these youth lives and their heads, but, um, but then that just, the 99 is like, it's, oh, I don't want to say it's okay to be the one that strays, but it's okay to be the one that strays sometimes. Like, we are going to stray, and the Lord is coming to get you. And of course, though, 99 bring the Lord joy. All of his sheep bring him joy. Um, but at some point, all of those 99 have probably been the one who has strayed. So, just wanted to point that out. Um, and then... She talks about, she says, we gather, we are gathering Israel as we participate in the work of salvation and exaltation, striving to live the gospel of Jesus Christ, caring for others in need, inviting all to receive the gospel, and uniting families for eternity. I thought those are really simple, like four simple ways that, um, that you can help with the work of salvation and exaltation in your own life and the life of others is loving God and loving your neighbor and inviting them to, you know, when the time is right and when you feel prompted to do so, to invite them to church, to invite them to partake of the gospel. Um, And then she talks about the youth theme for this year is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which is the trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto, lean not unto thine own understanding. She says a key component of, component of trusting in the Lord is moving forward, believing he will guide us even when we don't have all the answers. And I really loved that. Like It goes along with that kind of like continually doing things, right? Um that it's, it's a cycle that as we have faith in the Lord our actions change and as we do those actions as we love people, as we trust in the Lord our faith grows and it goes on and on, it's a big windy circle, right? Um, and so yeah, a key component of trusting the Lord is moving forward, is is acting on the the revelation that you receive is like, trusting that he's going to kind of move the mountains in your way, right, to to get to where he's revealed, like, he's prompting you to go, even if it looks like there's mountains in my way, how's that supposed to happen, right? Um, <clears throat> and she says, sisters, it's not about the ice cream, and it's not about doing more, it's about doing what matters. It's applying the doctrine of Christ in our lives as we strive to become more like him. And as I was reading this, I realize like this does sit and may feel like it's, it sounds like you're 
supposed to be doing more, right? It sounds like this, like, you're not doing enough. You're supposed to be doing, not just believing, not just hoping, but doing. And, you know, in the back of your mind, you might be thinking, I'm already doing so much. I can't do anything more. And I totally, totally feel that. When I was a missionary, we had a zone conference in our APs, the assistants to the president, um, gave a training, gave a, like, presentation or whatever, and basically, like, called the whole mission to repentance of, like, you need to be doing more, and I know for some missionary, like, my companion loved that, she was like, yeah, I totally feel like I need to be called to repentance, and I totally need to be doing more, absolutely, and I felt like garbage, I was like, I hated that, I already feel like I'm doing so much how do they expect me to do more what are they expecting me to do and um well I talked to my companion about it and it it ended up working out and the APs did call us I think they called a lot of the companionships and was like we heard that like our training didn't go well all that well and they kind of explained it to us and they're like we wanted you to know that we think you're doing great and you know it was just kind of supposed to be motivational and so I think that's kind of the same thing here like it's supposed to be motivational in that like you know you ha- you will have all these promise blessings if you do what mattereth most but I like what she says. She says, it's not about doing more. It's about doing what matters. And that's hard because the very next paragraph, she's like, the more we do to stay firmly on the covenant path, which is kind of, I don't think she realized that she was doing that. But like, in my mind, I was like, you did, you just said not that this isn't about doing more. <laughs> but then he said, the more we do, but that it's about doing what matters. It's about working smarter and not harder. And that was something that I, like, tried to continually bring up on my mission for missionaries. Like, my my fellow missionaries that I served with was working smarter and not harder. Because, you know, you can go out and knock a hundred doors in a day. And maybe that's, like, that's what you're prompted to do during the day. But, you know, maybe you need to go and sit with a member family for an hour or two and talk about the gospel because they need someone to listen to them and they need support, right? Like, it's not always about doing more, more, more. It's about doing, it's about prioritizing. Um, Like I was talking about with my studies and stuff, like this today is going to be my studies. I'm not going to try and cram in an hour or half an hour of scripture study because I know it will stress me out. And trying to do that and I know that I'm going to feel guilty when I don't do that right even though I have studied today I have done the gospel today sorry my throat is so croaky this morning um but I promise you that you can work smarter and not harder you can find ways that you know already work with what you're doing with what you're good at with what you love, maybe you really love listening to podcasts, you can just substitute in, like, one of your episodes for a, a church podcast every week. Maybe you really, really love studying the scriptures. Like, fantastic. Do that. 
and you know maybe your service is making your family dinner every day like that is service you are serving and <clears throat> and i think it's it's really just like noticing where you are doing the gospel and and trying to figure out where where else you could do the gospel if you know if you have that goal to do more or to do something different uh so just doing something different there was also something on my mission that I learned about goals <clears throat> in preach my gospel with goals it talks about if you don't meet your goal reassess and change change your goal not necessarily lower your goal change your goal or change <clears throat> the way you're going about your goal and I really loved that because it wasn't just like oh well we didn't find 15 people this week so we gotta keep our 15 goal for next week but that just like it just wore on you right because you didn't hit the goal you didn't hit the goal you kept doing the same thing over and over what do they say um oh what's the quote of like oh i can't remember what it is it's something like sadness comes from doing the same thing over and over and expecting the same result or expecting a different result right and sometimes doing it over and over is gonna, right? You're gonna have to like do it a couple times to be like, oh, that doesn't work. It's stressing me out. But that doesn't mean you have to lower your standards. That doesn't mean you have to give up on the goal completely. Maybe you change the goal. Maybe you're like, oh, finding people not really, it doesn't really make sense in our area. So we're gonna like make a goal to meet with five families every week, five member families every week. We can do that. And maybe through our member families, we'll find people. Like, maybe they'll be like, oh, yeah, we have a friend who would, like, really like to know that's going to meet with you next week as well and bring them along. And so sometimes, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways, right? And sometimes it's very roundabout. And sometimes um, my my best friend and I talk about this all the time. That, like, we'll make a goal of the way that the Lord prompts us to, like, um to get to that goal makes absolutely no sense so it'll be like oh yeah um i'm saving up for this thing or i need help like financially and like the lord's like read your scriptures more and you're like but that's not gonna help but it is like right like it does the lord is promising that so um anyway so she promised the last kind of paragraph in her talk is really good and she says as we center our lives on Jesus Christ, we'll be guided to do what mattereth most, and we will be blessed with spiritual strength, contentment, and joy. And I actually love that little promise at the end. That, like, we will be guided to do what mattereth most in our lives, and we'll be blessed with spiritual strength, contentment, and joy. So, so a recap of questions really quick. Um, the first one... Oh, I lost it. There it is. So what are some other ways to do the gospel? And then what mattereth most to you? And how are you seeking revelation on what mattereth most? On what to prioritize in your life? Um, I think those are my only two questions, right?
So, I invite you to do that. I invite you to figure out what matters most in your life. And it's always going to change, right? It might be different today than it was yesterday, and it might be different a year from now than it is today. It probably will be, because life's crazy and life changes minute to minute. But, like, as you prioritize what mattereth most in your life, that, um... And even even if it looks different than somebody else's, because it will look different than somebody else's, that you will be content. You will have that contentment. You will have that joy. You will have the satisfaction that you're like, okay, I did what I needed to do today, right? And maybe you get to the end of the day and you're like, I have an hour. Maybe I can do something for myself or I can do more service or I can study my scriptures more or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of General Conference Conversations. Be sure to follow and share us on um, any social media. And if you like the show, feel free to leave us a review or tell your friends. Until next time. Mm-hmm.